Hi, everyone, and welcome to Just a Fad Podcast. I'm Blaine, and my buddy Greg and I are just two foster and adoptive dads excited to talk with other dads about faith, family, and fatherhood. Oh, and uh, Blaine, don't forget about the dad jokes. Uh, yes, there'll definitely be plenty of dad jokes as well. This is Just a Fad. Well, you know, this season on Just a Fad, we decided to go a little bit differently, and we're going to talk to some foster and adoptive dads with very different experiences of the foster and adoption journey. You know, it's a pretty typical experience to just, hey, we're, we, we got married, we decided to do this after a while, we went down that route. Uh, today, we're definitely bucking that trend. Uh, so we're talking to John Charles. Um, John married his wife, Lauren, after she had already adopted an eight-year-old. And you will hear a little bit more of that story. We'll let John tell the full story of it. But it's a it's a very interesting story, don't you think, Greg? I do. It is it is interesting. There's a certain trepidation or fear that most people have when they become a husband. And then there's also that going into the unknown when you become a father. And then in the, there's also unknown when you say, okay, we're going to become an adoptive family. Right. And John was like, yeah, all of them. Now, <laughs> all There's, at one time. That is just, that is some some crazy street cred that that he brought to the table. It was yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, it's a very different conversation. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Uh, as usual, we asked John to kick us off with his very best dad joke. So here goes. Uh, Greg, you're a you're a homeschooler, homeschool dad, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. So you might uh, you might know this one actually. All right. Oh, homeschool dad joke. Yeah, it just better. means statistically I'm smarter than you. <laughs> Do you know why math books always look so sad? No. Always look so sad. Yeah, they're they're super depressed. Yeah. All their problems. <laughs> Seriously. I've got 99 problems and math ain't one. We haven't solved any of them. Yeah. <laughs> Just the odd ones. Just, Just the odd <laughs> problems. Yeah. There's a follow-up uh, math joke for oh, you. Oh, yes. Oh, this is a two-part two math That's right. joke. Yeah. Oh, uh, for all the math dad that jokes. Was the, that was there. the numerator, and this is the denominator <laughs> of the math jokes. We're alienating your base here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did, you, uh, did you hear about the mathematician who's uh, actually afraid of negative numbers? Afraid of negative numbers? Yeah, yeah true yeah. story. That makes sense. Yeah. Can't stand negative numbers. Yeah. He'll literally stop at nothing to avoid them. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thinking man's joke. Too. Yeah, yeah. I I'm not sure if I understand it still. Uh, it before you switch from positive to negative, you the zero. Oh yeah, is nothing. I got it now. You got it. It's a you're it's the a, PhD in this room. I am the PhD in this room. <laughs> Apparently, they just give those yeah. out. <laughs> they didn't ask me to take math after I entered entered in my PHD. That, There's that, a reason that for sense. that. I have a theater degree, so that's why. I, yeah, that's why I knew the math joke. <laughs> That may not be the answer, but I acted like I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> you were very confident about it. <laughs> All right, John. That's, I think, enough math humor for any day, let alone today. I don't know. You can never have enough math humor. Blaine's favorite <laughs> subject. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not even close. Uh, although somehow I do have to teach it in my house pretty often. But uh, So, John, tell us, just tell us to, to kick off, like, tell us a little bit about your family, uh, yeah. what your family looks like today, and then we'll kind of get in the story of how you got to where you are today, but, uh, but what does your family look like today? Yeah. So, uh, my wife, Lauren and I have been married for coming up on nine years cool. and we have, uh, four kids, two boys nice. and two girls. Wow. Wow. Girl, so boy, boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, boy, girl. Yeah. 
Uh, and what age range are those kiddos? And this is where I think the math's going to get interesting because you heard nine years. Yeah. And how old are your kids? Right. So if you're doing the math on this, uh, the range is uh, 18 years. Our oldest is 18. And then we jump down to five, three, and 11 months. Yeah. And so that's where the story starts, is that you guys have been married nine years, and you've got an 18-year-old. Uh, welcome to the foster care and adoption world, like, pretty much. It's good times. Yeah. I, I kind of have a 26-year-old. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah. Kind of, kind of, sort of. Yeah. We never officially adopted her, but she aged out from our house, and so she's ours. She's like, still yours. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's my yeah. daughter. Yeah. That's but, how it works. Yeah. She's, so I'm, I'm about to be a grandparent by my kind of 26-year-old oh, wow. daughter. Yeah. Wow. That's going to be great. I would say you look young, but no, I'm not. It's 2020. I looked great a year ago. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, so so you guys have been married nine years, and um, you got three young kids, yep. five, three, and 18 months, and you've got an 18-year-old. And yep. so I'm guessing the 18-year-old is has something to do with adoption, which is kind of why you're here today. That, it, so y- You are, in fact, correct. <laughs> So uh, our oldest daughter, Angie, uh, is from Bolivia. Uh, my wife was living in Bolivia for uh, three years. She's with uh, an organization called Christian Veterinary Mission. Yeah. Uh, she's a vet by um, trade and training. Yeah. And um, she's overseas. She met Angie at a, an orphanage that she was volunteering at during her downtime there. And um, one thing led to another. And... Uh, Bada bing, bada boom. Wow. Wow. So how, how old was she when you're, how old was uh, Angie is your. Yeah. So this okay. was, uh, this would have been, let's see, I believe they met in uh, 2010. So Angie would have been eight years old. All right. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So your wife, Lauren, uh, met Angie, ends up adopting her. And at the time she wasn't married to you. So that is correct. Yeah. That Lauren's correct. single. We did not get married until after Lauren adopted Angie. Yeah. Yeah. So um, did you guys know each other at the time? Little, like, little out of order there. Uh, we did know each other. Yeah. Okay. In fact, w- in fact, we met. Lauren and I met uh, um, the summer before she moved down to Bolivia. All right. Yeah. So were you? So we knew each while other. While she was in Bolivia, were you guys dating? Well, thank goodness for Skype, and um, thank you Al Gore for inventing the internet. <laughs> we were able to keep in touch. I hear yeah. that internet thing's really yeah. taken off. The yeah. kids love it. This the is 2009. Yeah. 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 Skype is. Was a thing back then, I guess. Yeah. Nice. And uh, yeah, video chat was great. It was a great way to do long distance. Yeah. So you met her just before she goes to Bolivia. You guys are, are dating connected through yeah. video chat. And then while Lauren's down here, down there, she meets Angie and kind of makes this decision uh, to do that, to step in and adopt. That's, I mean. That's some chops, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm going to long distance date in Bolivia. In the U.S., which is hard enough, and then you're like, okay, cool. And I'm a missionary you're, in Bolivia uh, at the yeah, same time, and, and, and that's going on. And then you're like, all right, cool. We'll just well, to to be fair, it didn't happen all at the same time. Yeah. All right. So we had been dating for a while, but I don't know if you guys know, but long distance relationships are tough. Oh yeah. And so there's a, there's a little break in there. Yeah. yeah. But uh, we kind of reconnected after a little break. And uh, I still remember the exact moment where, where we were having this conversation. It was her grandmother's driveway. And uh, we'd reconnected, had a great time together. This was Christmas of 2010, I guess. So Lauren's back in the U.S. She's visiting. back in the U.S. Yeah. visiting family. And 
all of a sudden she says, "Why? Well, there's something I should tell you. There's something you should know. <laughs> full, full disclosure. Full disclosure. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, you ever have one of those moments where time slows down? Yeah. 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 Things get really slow and, and you're, Lauren says to me, I've decided to adopt. And it felt like an eternity. I know it was about a second and a half. And I, I was like, well, I need to respond to this somehow. Yeah. <laughs> I should probably say something at this point, but yeah. I'm not really in sure. In those what situations, to say. I generally come up with like probably the most heartfelt. Uh, <laughs> so was it that good? That, it was or about like that. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. No, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Greg was there. So he was like, hiding in the bushes. Stealing my move. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think what I actually probably said in the moment was, that's great. Although on the inside, I'm, I'm petrified, of yeah. course. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and, okay, so I've decided to adopt. How close to the adoption day was this? Like how? So this is Christmas of uh, 2010. Uh, she flew back to Bolivia, I think it was New Year's Day, and uh, picked her up that night. So we're talking, you know, this is a week away. Wow. wow. Yeah. Wow. She had already had legal custody of her. She was trying to bring her back to the States, but... Uh, visas, passports, traveling documents. It, uh, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't in the cards. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yep. yeah. It's very different to, for those of you guys who are listening outside, it's very different to adopt in country than it is to do international adoption where you're in the U S and adopting from there. I mean, that's one of the things that kind of makes it tricky and complex. Correct. So this was not yeah. an international adoption, right. even though she's from yeah. Bolivia. Lauren was a, a resident of, of, Bolivia. of Bolivia. So she's actually adopting in country in Bolivia mm-hmm. in a way. Yes. Wow. Uh, so, I mean, I think what's so interesting about this story to me is that like most of the dads, most of the families we talk to, um, the dads that come in here, like it's this journey of, yeah, we were kind of talking about adoption and yeah, my wife mentioned it to me <laughs> and then I said, no. And I said, let's pray about that. Cause yeah. I thought that would be the spiritual thing to say. Greg said that. Yeah, for that was sure. Me. And totally said that. And then, you know, it kept coming up and finally we kept talking about, we got around to it. And I think it's just so different on your all's journey. Like what was that shock for you? Cause I mean, had this been in the conversation at all? Was this kind of, Hey, this is all new. And not only I'm, I think I'm going to adopt, but I'm going to adopt next week. Oh, by the way. Oh, by the oh, way. By the way. Um, technically already adopted. Yeah. <laughs> technically I've decided and, to adopt. Yeah. Well, when were you thinking? A month ago. I pick her up next week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, this was our first conversation about uh, adoption, actually. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that that hadn't happened yet, um, and it was nowhere on my radar. You know, I was a single guy at the time, uh, late twenties, and uh, nope, yeah. hadn't, hadn't thought about it at all. Right. Yeah. What did you start to think about it? I mean, did you start to wrap your head around it, or was it? More... You kind of alluded to it. I want you to skip past blind fear. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, just go past blind fear, and well, then the first like we all get that emotion. The, yeah. yeah. Doesn't matter how you enter fatherhood, blind fear starts. Okay, <laughs> then what was the first cogent thought? Uh, um, there, there was a, a half a thought in there. We kind of were in that moment where time slowed down. Um, you know, it, I think the one thing that came to my mind in that moment was just uh, the verse: uh, "Religion that's pure and undefiled is this: to care for orphans and widows in their distress." And you know, no matter how, how kind of scary or intimidated I was at the time, I knew I knew that to be true. Mm-hmm. So I, I always had that to, to fall back on. Mm. Yeah. Or to hang on to, rather. Yeah. 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 So once Lauren goes back and then she she kind of brings Angie even more into her home, right? She's already in her home. 
But now you guys are yeah. you guys renewed your relationship. You're dating again. Yeah. Now the Skype you know, conversations involve Angie on the other yeah. end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how was it going <laughs> in Bolivia at the time? Like, I mean, how are those conversations going about the adjustment and what life is like? I mean, there were, you know, needless to say, some challenges. Yeah. Yeah. Um, emotional challenges, adjustment challenges, living together, uh, new family, new home, new yeah. school, all kinds of things. Right. Yeah. And so... Um, you know, in some ways it was a good lead-in, good intro for me to see that uh, because I'd have plenty of time to talk with Lauren about it after she got down and uh, she got Angie down for the night. She was in bed. Lauren and I could hash out what happened each day and yeah. all the uh, events surrounding trauma or otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of became this this sounding board in a way from a distance. A little bit. Probably, probably pretty helpful. A little in a bit. Way. Yeah. Maybe just emotional support. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think I had any Maybe answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, wow. So uh, I'm assuming because you guys are married now, we the are. relationship continued. It works went well. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's the other good thing. Um, I knew that Lauren would need help. Yeah. So um, I, I, I maybe I'm wrong, but I, I figured it would narrow her pool of eligible suitors down <laughs> by, by adopting when Look, she was if single. If I'm still here after you said, by the way, I'm going to adopt and I'm still Skyping and we're still connecting, like I got a, like a couple there, rungs there, on the bar. There's some level of commitment there. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I've proven myself worthy in this, in this pursuit in a way. Perhaps. Yeah. Wow. That's how I felt about my wife when she stuck with me during the year that I decided to wear a fedora. Oh, all oh. years? No, I, I just made that up. I didn't do that. But, but. Uh, I was picturing you with a fedora. It is now. not a pleasant experience. Yeah. Every it's now and then I end look. up looking mm. at a hat like I'm going to be that guy and I put it on. I'm like, mm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not, not that not guy. Me. Yeah, I'm merch. not that guy. Yeah. Podcast merch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If anyone would like to make fedoras, just a fedora. Just a fedora. <laughs> just a fedora. Just a fedora. <laughs> there it great. is. There it is. <laughs> Forget coffee mugs. We're putting our logo on <laughs> fedoras. fedoras from now on. <laughs> All right. On the, after that rabbit trail. Uh, so you guys are still conversing by Skype. So when's the first time you actually get to meet Angie and... Uh, and and get to connect with her for the first time. Yeah, first time would have been let's see that would uh, that was January of 2010 when she picked Angie up in Bolivia. Uh, she was able to get the kind of paperwork passport together. Um, I think it was summer of 2010, and Angie came back to the United States uh, for the first time. Just okay. a, a real quick just um, a visit. summer vacation. Yep. Uh, Lauren was back on furlough for a couple of weeks doing some fundraising um, for her job. And the family got to meet Angie. So that was uh, my first uh, introduction to her. And uh, we spent time together um, playing games, going swimming, uh, big family reunion, yeah. you know, all those things. Yeah. How did you feel? I mean, so certainly you're pursuing Lauren, but now you also know that, like, pursuing Lauren, marrying Lauren means you also automatically become a dad to an eight, nine-year-old girl. Yeah, the, the stakes go up slightly. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit different. So what like, you're like, be have you decided to? that, yeah, I'm going to marry Lauren when she came back for that first time? Did you know that? Or was that still, like, 
We are going to fact, now we can edit we're this fact out check if we this need to. Like, I don't need to know yeah. the answer. If we want to edit it out, we can. <laughs> like, it's not a problem. But like, when she came back, and were you still like, I don't know, we're going to see how this goes. That's a fair question. Yeah. That that was actually uh, part of the reason for the break in between. Okay. Um, and so we took some time during that break. Uh, I took some time to figure out what direction do I really want this to go, mm-hmm. and in which direction am I am I going to pursue this to? Am I committed uh, to Lauren? to pursuing this. Um, obviously, during that break, Lauren took time to pursue other activities. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lauren was like, well, John's not here. I think I'll go <laughs> I'm, moving, I'm like, moving on with my life. Yeah. 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 So, so no, uh, to answer your question, in, in that time, I had decided, yes, I want to see this through all the way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So had you, had you officially proposed by that point? No, like, I had not. Okay. So no. Lauren comes back. You've already had the break. You're here now. You, yep. you know. You know internally. I'm assuming she has a fair idea that. Yeah, we. I that, mean, we had yeah. kind of vaguely you talked come about. Come back together under the love okay. vague. Vaguely. Let's get married I, conversation. Yeah. I don't even remember what. Heart, yeah. What were those like? I, I, I don't remember. I don't know. It's yeah. like I think. Yeah, we should get married. Uh, my wife and I were long distance the nine months before I proposed, and I'm sure. That's some conversation. I don't remember what they were like, but I remember being like, yeah, 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 we're, 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 we're gonna, but I mean, at some time and eventually, I don't know why I'm looking at Greg right now. Yeah. I, well, no, what makes me smile is that your marriage story is not close to typical. What you're describing is atypical. I, I met my wife on the internet and we got married and had a child within the first year. Yeah. So that's not typical. None of us really ever did. Like, I don't yeah. Did you get I don't know down what on typical one knee at some point and propose? At some point. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. So that's point. wonderful. Yeah. Did yeah. you do that as well? I don't. I, yes, I was on a knee. Okay. I do. Yeah. Yeah, there was a mountain that we used to go to all the time in Tennessee, and I took her up there and proposed. And yeah, yeah. I did all the right. whole big thing. I did as nice. well, but she was crying because of being pregnant yeah. and there was, uh, there was <laughs> so like a whole conversation like wait a minute i never actually did this and we're talking like we're gonna get married let me go ahead and just do this yeah <laughs> we should make it official it, Let's was, do very, this officially. it was very like yeah. i should i should do this because you know we're, we're going to get married yeah so yeah we had a little bit of that it's it was more along the lines of why haven't you done this yet <laughs> <laughs> and was that Lauren or was that your daughter? I was asking. Was that <laughs> yeah, Angie? Was Angie? I was like, why haven't you asked? <laughs> why haven't you asked my you mom yet? to marry yeah. you? Guys? Well, I, I don't think Angie's English was uh, that good at the <laughs> was time. Was good enough so, to say that. Yeah, but, uh, and my Spanish is horrible. Yeah, All right. yeah. Uh, so I, she may have said it. We're just not sure. <laughs> <We're> just not <laughs> sure. <laughs> she was thinking it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So how long after her coming back till you did? How long be- between then before you guys got married? Uh, yeah, so that would have been summer of 2010. Uh, that next Christmas, I went back down uh, for some more time with Angie. Uh, she taught me how to cook rice Bolivian style. Uh, we had some great kind of bonding time one-on-one uh, over the holidays. Um, one of Lauren's good friends accompanied me down there. Uh, Lauren and her friend went out uh, for a dinner, and it was just Angie and I left there in the oh, house. Wow. Um, so first dad one-on-one experience, yeah. here you go. Yeah, so this is dad, you know, she's uh, nine years old at the time, and um, but I don't speak the language. She doesn't speak my language. Um, she's teaching me how to cook this rice. It it was a really good time. It was very fun and light and, and playful and, you know, good memories, honestly. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, but then it was later on that same trip in Bolivia where I did finally get down on one knee, propose. Uh, she said yes. 
Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. good. Woo-hoo. Suspense. The cliffhanger we're here all, in just a bit. And uh, and then they ended up moving back to the United States. Uh, was it March or? Oh no! Officially, they did not move back to the United States. We never moved. We did not move back until a year later. Mm. Uh, it was another summer vacation uh, uh, to come back. Where, quote unquote summer vacation. Yes. Get kind of back and then. Air quote summer vacation. Um, because we needed to fulfill uh, for the national Bolivian adoption yeah. a time requirement in country. Uh, Lauren needed to fulfill that. So um, they were back for a couple weeks in July. Uh, We had the ceremony, got married, and then we all lived in Bolivia for about three months uh, Mm. after the wedding until it was November, December time frame. Uh, So it was two years from uh, when she was originally granted custody Mm. uh, that we needed to fulfill. Yeah. It was either custody or physical. I forget. Yeah. One or the other. There are social workers who remember all these rules. Yeah. Yeah, That's why we don't have to. I'm just, I'm just really excited that two years from, oh, we're on a break. Uh, Let's get back together and commit to this. And with, okay, cool. Uh, I'm, I'm adopting a child. Awesome. We'll bounce back and forth. I'll fly down there. I don't speak the language. Adopt, married, bam, here we are back. Yeah. That's the kind of crazy I'm into. <laughs> that right there. Your, your eyes kind of crazy. Yeah. crazy. That's kind of crazy. All of our listeners are into uh, that. That is what I'm talking about. Like yeah. that's that's just insane. Yeah, let's kick out some jams. Let's do it. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, that's how that how, yeah. that's parenting like death metal style. Okay, let's jump right in. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> what was the adjustment like as you guys come back into the United States and now you're you're married? Yeah, mom, dad nine-year-old yeah. adjusting i mean i'm sure a lot of it language and culture is a big part of it for oh Indiana, huge I'm sure yeah language culture food all yeah. of that uh you know the good thing is we had three months initially as a family in bolivia yeah um i think that i, I want to think that helped angie adjust to our family dynamic in yeah. being married because she was still in her culture she was still in her language um a little just more of the same for her, kind of ease into right. that. Uh, obviously, when we, maybe not, maybe it's not obvious, but um, for most foster and adoptive parents, when you throw in a move, uh, new school, uh, new environment, new language, um, there's going to be some stressors there. Yeah. And, yeah. and so moving back to the States in January of um, 2013, there was, there was a big adjustment there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, but I mean, I think there's something to say for that. Like the things that you can keep stable and normal for a kid, like if you can keep those things in place, yeah. there's a lot of value in that. And I think that that does help, you know, it's it's what they call felt safety, right? It's this, what, what do I, what can I actually feel safe? Mm. And a lot of times we know kids are safe, but it's the things that they tangibly makes them feel safe is what we are actually after, right? And so it's those kind of things, right? Yeah. Language, culture, right? We we're adding a dad to the situation and changing the mix there, but at least we can keep some things the same. Yeah. You know, we, we had a bonus too. Um, I actually uh, got three girls when we got married, my wife, Lauren, daughter, Angie, and we have a Bolivian dog oh, wow. that we brought back with us. <laughs> so there's some sort of normalcy there. There's something that we were able to, to keep the same. Yeah. Um, Ruby came back with us. Ruby came with you. Yeah. So even as you came back to the States, you've got this yeah. little bit of consistency. Yeah. So Angie had Ruby to uh, console her. Yeah. 
and keeper then company. Between 2013 and then you adding more kids to your family, that was what, like four years, five years? Uh, yeah. So our, our five-year-old was born in uh, 2015. Okay. And then we had another so one in 17. Two years. two years. So two years. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so how did, how did you guys navigate that conversation? Because two years and was there, was like, did you reach like kind of a sweet spot? Was it good? Like had things settled down or like, were you in a place where like the transitions and stuff were kind of not at all. No, okay. not at all. John's all right. shaking his head pretty good there. No, I, I assumed like it's 50 50. It's going to yeah. be yeah. one of the like, had things normalized or were they still what they were? Oh, they were still what they were. It, they, yeah. they, they were still what they were. Um, not sure how much to share here, but uh, you know, that was one of the questions. W- what comes first? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, other little kids or stability? Yeah. And what we found uh, in our experience was that the other little kids brought stability. Mm-hmm. Um, that was uh, that was one of those things that helped kind of affect the change hmm. um, for our daughter. Yeah. Yeah, the adding other kids to the family, which is not, this is not a prescription no. by any means. No, it may not. not work in other situations and other scenarios, but there is something. Um, I remember a family that I uh, worked with in foster care back in Texas where um, they had adopted, uh, they were fostering teen girls primarily. That's what they'd always done. He was a mm-hmm. youth pastor. They were a younger couple, um, and they ended up just getting pregnant and weren't really trying, but, you know, not really trying, kind of trying. <laughs> and... Uh, Doing something yeah. to make that happen. Uh, but they ended up getting I'll pregnant. I'll explain it to you later. But later. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. I'd appreciate some input on that. Uh, got pregnant, had a baby, and they still had the teen girls in their home. But what was really powerful about it was um, the girls would come in and dad would be rocking the baby to sleep and kind of singing lullabies and doing like the bedtime routine. And the girls would come in and sit on the floor. Nice. And for many of them, they had never seen that. They'd never yeah. seen a dad be like that mm. they'd never witnessed that um, and so there's something i think to the that the attachment cycle of seeing that happen yeah this is the way it's actually, supposed to be yeah mm. that actually helps a kid i think an older kid start to feel trust because they see the parents and the way they respond to that little baby who's you know totally vulnerable mm-hmm. and relies on them completely and i think sometimes the older kids go well, maybe i could trust them too like that barrier gets broken down a little bit in a way if not if, if at least subconsciously yeah kind of and, and they see how the the uh, parent is caring for the young child and yeah yeah you know maybe they love me that much as well right right and then i think i know i mean i know from knowing your family pretty well that then there's this bonding that happens of angie gets involved yeah. in caring for the younger kids oh and she's great with kids yeah yeah and, and so good with them and so that that becomes this thing that does help her grow and mature and stabilize in a really cool way. So, yeah, yeah it wow. really has. Yeah. Well, and the, there were two boys, uh, the five-year-old and three-year-old, which Angie cried when she found out it was a boy. Both, <laughs> both times. Both times. Both times. She really wanted a sister. Really wanted a sister. We finally were able to give her a, a baby sister. Yeah. So. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. That's fun. Came through. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you jumped into it in a way after the fact you know, of Lauren having already adopted and you're kind of coming into it a little bit differently, I think, than some of our typical dad stories we've shared thus far. But 
I mean, what do you think, like coming into it that way, what have you learned, especially kind of jumping in the deep, deep end of fatherhood like you did? What are some things you feel like you've learned about yourself or about um, just your, your, your faith and, and what it looks like to be a dad to your kids? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, you touched on it earlier, but uh, trust. Mm. Um, you know, it's it's really simple, but uh, it it's worth repeating. Um, kids need somebody that they can trust. Angie needed somebody that she could trust. Yeah, she tried to push us away, and um, you know, do whatever she could. But when we were finally able to connect, and she realized we weren't going to leave her. Um, we form the basis of a solid relationship. Mm. Um, you know, your heart goes out to all these kids that that just don't have anybody. You know, yeah. you, you take it for granted. I, I grew up in a house with uh, not just one parent, but two parents right. that had my best interest in mind. Yeah. Yeah. And so many kids just, just don't have that. And it's um, it's just hard to imagine. I can't imagine growing up like that. I can't imagine what it's like for all those kids that don't have somebody that cares about them. Yeah. Well, and I think I think when you find yourself in that situation, especially as a kid, and you don't have anyone to rely on, I mean, you get in a position where you rely on yourself, and you don't trust others, and you you know find ways to kind of s- survive yeah. wherever you're at, whether that's an orphanage or a foster home or something like that, and you know you put up boundaries and put up walls, mm. um, and I think it, it takes a lot of time and a lot of diligence on the parent side to then be willing to kind of wait for the, those walls to come down. Because uh, they don't come down very easily. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> it takes some Perf- time. That profound, yeah, I'm uh, just sitting here like, he's so right. That's good. No, they don't always come down very This well. is basically a Greg's therapy session. Yeah. We just, it's, it's, oh, it's so much cheaper. It's so much cheaper. <laughs> Thank you for helping. <laughs> uh, and to be clear, it's sometimes I say stuff that I should do, too. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> you should probably go back and listen to some I of these. I should. Some of these are Because you probably give yourself some really good advice. Yeah, I drop some knowledge, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I said, r- super simple, but yeah, trust. trust. Uh, yeah. You know, one of the other things, um, our role as husbands and fathers, um, you know, again, simple, obvious. It, it's not about us. We're, we're there to be the protector and provider. Mm. And, um, you know, I think we all know that, but it's, uh, for me anyways, it's super easy to get distracted. We live in a fast paced, self-centered world. Um, and I need to be reminded of that. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think you even talk about it in your story. I mean, I think that's, what's interesting too, is like in your story, you're a, you know, mid twenties guy looking, you know, interested in this woman. And now there's an eight year old daughter involved too. And like what that's going to take to say yes is just a whole nother level, you know, of what am I committing to? And I think most guys, when you, you, you know, if you get married at the younger, younger end and you guys don't, you know, don't have kids yet and don't have that, like you're, it's all kind of theory at this point. Right. Like, well, she's pretty and I'm saying yes to that. <laughs> like, but it's like, yeah, but I'm saying yes to that. But I'm also saying like can, having to continue to say yes to her and be committed and then the kids that we might bring into this family and what that's going to look like. And right. right. That continual kind of is the dying to self kind of thing. Um, that yeah, sounds simple, but super is not, uh, cause we are all very selfish people who want to, 
you know, do whatever it is we'd rather do than go home sometimes. Yeah. Like you both mentioned that, the, I mean, the selfish nature of, of, of everybody. So do you think that it gave you a, a like a leg up on this whole marriage thing? Because take foster kids out. Take bio kids out. Having to walk into a marriage and then say, you know what, I'm going to try to put somebody else's well-being at, at least as important as my own. Ideally, as more important than my own. So walking into marriage where you know that there's also a child there yeah. already, do you think that that gave you, like, did that help center anything or focus anything? It certainly or did it make the lesson harder? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it should have. <laughs> it should have helped center me. Um, uh, no, I mean, it, it, it definitely changes your expectations. Um, and that'd be a better question for my wife. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll let her answer that yeah. one. All right, that's a good idea. We should start writing down things that we need to follow up and fact check with wives. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we should do a wife fact fact check at the end of the episodes. It'd be very Maury like. Yeah, yeah. 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 The podcast said that he was more he was more so prepared to be. We want to play it. We want to play a clip from your husband, and we'd like to know what you think. <laughs> your wife what said, he said no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the wife rebuttal. It's a new, it's a new just a fad piece of just a fad. Yeah. Um, It'll be hard to get people to come on the show after that. <laughs> <laughs> after you do it one time, it's probably not happening again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, I, I think your story is just, it, it, it is cool. I mean, part of our goal uh, this season is really just to bring on some people that have different stories. Uh, because I think the thing we've said from the beginning in sharing the stories of, of uh, different foster and adoptive dads is everybody's journey is a little bit different. Yeah. There's no kind of cookie cutter version. I mean, um, you know, even today I was sitting down with a family that wanted to get started in the process, asking me lots of questions about, well, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And, what about, and I'm like, I can answer your what ifs all day. I have no idea what will actually happen in your scenario. Um, and, and every kid is very different. Every journey is very different. The way the court system works can be very different. Like, it's all pretty unique. Like I can give you the basic roadmap. There is no typical. Yeah. <laughs> but there's really not. And, there's and not from typical. my experience, the more you try to figure out what you think is going to happen, all you're doing is making a longer list of what's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so like, just, just go like, then you'll be, you're going to be surprised by whatever takes place. Just don't yeah. try to prepare for it. Cause whatever you you're prepared for is not going to go. Whatever down. you, yeah. Whatever yeah. you yeah. thought was going to happen probably won't. In fact, the opposite will probably happen mm -hmm. to some degree. So, yeah, super fascinating. Uh, man, John, thanks for your story. It's yeah. great. I mean, I thanks love just hearing you and your story. Absolutely. So um, I think we, we still can't leave you without telling a few more dad jokes. All right. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I, was, I was actually looking for some new dad jokes today, Greg. Yeah. And uh, I looked up and I uh, actually saw a listing on Google for uh, dirty dad jokes. Oh. Yeah, I checked them out. They're actually all written by Mike Rowe. Fantastic! That's a deep cut. Deep cut. That's we now owe him twenty bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shoot! I forgot. Discovery's gonna call us now. Oh my gosh! So hey, I know that you guys probably think that you know. Here I am. People may not know this, but I work as a project manager in IT by day, podcast sensation by night. By night. 
Batman in your spare time. <laughs> no. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Keep it under wraps. Yeah, Sorry to let play that it cool, slip, man. Play Bruce. It cool. Play cool. You are not going to get a batarang now. <laughs> but really actually, did you know that in my past, uh, actually one of the most interesting jobs that I had is that I wrote songs specifically for a company that made sewing machines. Really? Mm-hmm. Songs for a company that made sewing machines? Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. I also performed them. Yeah. You I performed was, them? Yes. Uh, the title was a singer-songwriter. So it's wow, seems. math jokes and <laughs> sewing jokes. Uh, if you got that one, uh, well, you homeschool families, I'm telling you, yeah. <laughs> it's it's highbrow dad humor. <laughs> you can't see my highbrows though because of my fedora. Okay. <laughs> the callback, I like that. There, there you uh, go. That was just off the cuff. I didn't uh, even write that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that didn't even have a script. Uh, speaking of jobs, you know, I actually used to work in a shoe recycling shop for a little while. I worked there. <laughs> He's laughing because he knows it. It's so obscure. I yeah. love it. Okay. Yeah, really. A, I mean, shoe, a yeah. shoe recycling shop. Really what do you recycle? You recycle oh, shoes. Just shoes. Just shoes. <laughs> we we took them. We repaired them. But, you know, after a while, it really just started to destroy my soul. Oh. oh my gosh, you really cobbled that one together. Yeah. Oh, oh that's great. It's so hard Drag fixing for the your win. jokes. Yeah. <laughs> you are just here to help my jokes be better. Oh, I don't I know. I think I've done enough tonight. Yeah, we've, we've, we've harmed our listeners enough. Well, uh, thanks again, John, for being here tonight. Oh, John's got one more for us. All right. He saved his best for last. This is perfect. Go for it. One more. Greg, do you have any uh, kids that are millennials? Uh, Yeah. You've got to be in that range somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. What's the best way to measure a millennial? How do you you weigh a millennial, actually? How do you weigh weigh a millennial? Yeah, how do you weigh them? Depends. Do you let them put down their phone first or not? (laughs) (laughs) I, I have no idea. You weigh them in Instagrams. (laughs) <laughs> oh, weigh them in Instagrams. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, we have run the gamut of math to social media and sewing jokes all in one podcast. Because They we're said just, it couldn't be done. They said it couldn't be done, and we did it. I don't know who said it couldn't be done, but... I don't know. We are the Smokey and the Bandit of... <laughs> Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> shake and bake, baby. Shake and bake. <laughs> all right. I think that's enough for today. I hope you'll join us again on Just a Fact. Thanks for listening to the Just a Fad podcast today. Whether you're just getting started or have been on the foster or adoption journey for years, we hope that you got something encouraging or inspiring from our conversation. Please subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening, and we would love to hear from you. You can send us an email at justafadpodcast at gmail.com. Tell us about some topics that you want us to talk about, share a dad win from your family, or just send us a dad joke. You can really tell that we like dad jokes. Special thanks to our intrepid sound engineer, Chris Millett, who made sure that we don't just sound like Ricky Bobby with a podcast here. And until next time, this is just a fact.